Hey, what's up, Cody Birch here. Welcome to another episode of How I Would Market It, or How Would I Market It, or whatever I decide to call this mini-series. I'm having a ton of fun putting together these episodes where we take common things like live events and real estate is today's specialty. And we talked about books last week and I've got about four or five more in the queue that will continue to brainstorm ideas on how we can leverage the power of online marketing, sales funnels, Facebook ads, lead generation, sales conversions, all that stuff when it comes to marketing, whatever it is you're working on. These interviews and these specific case studies I think are really useful uh, to help you start to picture how you can leverage the power of, of what it is that we do around here uh, to get more leads and get more customers and really scale your business as you as you see fit. So the chat today is with uh, Andrew Fogliato and I met him at an event and we've been hanging out for years. Uh, we're just kind of following each other and he's a super sharp guy and he's got a uh, real estate marketing uh, agency and he does lots of stuff. He does lots of speaking, he does lots of teaching and coaching and he's got courses and agency stuff. He's got a bunch of stuff that he does around real estate. Now, if you're not in real estate, don't go anywhere. This is going to be awesome because Andrew and I have a great conversation around how to use all this stuff and get a great result. So I think it's always helpful for our imaginations to understand how other industries are using these types of tools and tips and tricks and tactics to get even better results for themselves. And so every time I hear an episode like this on a different podcast or a different conversation or you know whatever, I like, oh, I really lean in and think, how does that apply to me? I was at an event recently and they were talking about how they had leveraged a different ad bidding buying strategy by seeing top influencers on YouTube and reaching out to them and hiring them and saying, hey, what would it cost to get an hour of your time so you can show me what you're doing on YouTube? And a lot of those people were like super open to it, really flattered and honored to do that. And then now this person is leveraging that in his online e-commerce chocolate making business. So it's that cross-pollination of different ideas and different approaches to marketing that really will separate the winners from the losers. So don't go anywhere if you're not in real estate. I think you're going to love it. If you are in real estate, boy, do I have a treat for you. So you're really going to enjoy this as well. So Andrew is uh, a great guy, great interview, great chat, super smart marketer, and I know you'll love it. I'll see you there. Want to know what it really takes to build a thriving, profitable business from the ground up? Hey, I'm your host, Cody Birch, and this is the Cody Builds a Business Podcast. Your unfiltered front row seat to watching me build a seven-figure online business from scratch or die trying. Let's get started. Hey, one more thing before we go to the chat with Andrew. I have a few seats left for my one-hour funnel live event. If you enjoy conversations like this and you're wondering how it would impact your business to be able to collaborate and brainstorm with me, just like I've been doing on this podcast, uh, I'd love to host you. So we have a few more seats left at the time of the recording of this episode. We also uh, have a few more hotel rooms at this beautiful four-star hotel. I think it's a four-star hotel. It's an awesome property in downtown Denver, but the room block expires soon. So you better get on it. If you're thinking of joining me in Denver in June, uh, there's only a couple seats left and a couple rooms left uh, on our room block. So the website for that is onehourfunnellive.com and enjoy the chat with Andrew. All right, we now welcome to the podcast, my friend Andrew. Andrew, what's up, man? Hey, Cody, how's it going? Very good. Thanks for being on today. And Andrew, you and I met at a uh, in a Facebook group, I think, which is a little odd this day and age, the way new businesses run. And we both were really active in that Facebook group, and it was a group of Facebook advertisers. So I wanted to chat with you about that uh, to start with. How did you get into Facebook advertising, and what's that been like for you? So I was actually started my career as a realist. Well, actually, I started in concrete farming, but switched into real estate as an agent. So I was selling real estate uh, and like my first day of real estate, the broker, I'm like, so what do I do? Like, I had no idea how to grow a business. Like I literally came from as a concrete forming estimator. And before that I got a degree in history. 
Um, and then, so I walk in first day, I'm like, what do I do to get business? And he basically just like puts the phone book down and says, start at A. Um, and I tried that, it was terrible. Um, I tried door knocking, terrible. Uh, but at the same time, I was blogging three to five times a week and then running Facebook ads. Now this is like six years ago that I was running these Facebook ads. So like competition was low, no one else was really doing it. And I started gaining a lot of traction. Um, but then my broker at the time was just like, hey, I see you're doing a lot of like this tech stuff. Do you mind coming into the office and talking about it? So I started training other agents how to do it all. And then Remax actually approached me and gave me an offer to train agents across North America. So I ended up training agents across North America on kind of tech in their business. And then that kind of like slowly niche, niche more and down just to like the straight lead gen side of it. Um, lead gen and actually for a while I was branded as the Evernote guy, which there's really not a lot of money there <laughs> if you're gonna start your own thing to be an Evernote expert. Um, and then switch to kind of like double down with Facebook. Because every training I did, people were like, can we just hire you to do it for us? So I started an agency and then so, I'd say the first like little while it was all just self-taught from experience as an agent myself and then doing that. And then since then I've taken a bunch of courses um, in groups, tested a lot of different groups and just kind of like taken strategies from all these different people and put it together. And that's kind of what I got now. So when did you make the transition from selling real estate to teaching people how to get more leads for real estate? So I got licensed about six, six years ago, I think. It was five and a half, six years ago, roughly. Uh, so I did that for two years. And then Remax gave me that offer. I did that for about 14 months. And then I've been doing my current business about three and a half years as an agency. So kind of in the industry for six plus years, uh, but my agency side of just straight lead gens about three and a half. So do you currently practice real estate or just on the agency stuff now? No, like I am fully licensed, member of the boards and all that, but that's just more of a get me into industry events, keep up the license. And I guess, cause like the other side is you can't get referral fees from agents unless you're licensed. Mm. And I still just from my networks and I still get a lot. So like, you know, I can probably without just passing names along, make anywhere from five to 20 grand extra a year. Just, Hey, here's someone I went to university with and they'll give me 25% of their commission. So yeah. And plus you just mentioned you bought a new house and so I'm assuming you nope, uh, used an agent. But you didn't, you didn't keep the commission yourself or get the discount or whatever from I paid full commission. All right. You're committed to your value the time. Well, so that when I started this business, um, so I actually got fired from Remax long story. Um, so that night I went home, like I got bills to pay. So I'm like, I'm going to start. So I had like kind of thought of this and I called up my old mentor when I was selling, I was like, Hey, um, I want to start this business. It's going to be a thousand bucks a month. And he goes, all right, I'm in. And I'm like, great. I also need six months up front today. And he goes, okay, here's your check. And he wrote me a check. I called up another agent, same thing. So first two people I called, they both paid me six months up front on the spot. Nice. Um, so the first guy who did that, that was my agent. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, there's no way I'm not using you. Like this yeah. business wouldn't have existed without them. So, <laughs> and that was on the agency side. That was like no more real yeah. estate income anymore. Now I've got to be a consultant advertiser services type business yeah. to get people results. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like literally like no hesitation. I was just like, so I want to do this. Here's the cost. Can you pay me six months up front? And like literally at the end of the next day, the money was in my account and all that. Like we were good. Yeah. 
Awesome. So I want to talk about, I want to talk about niching. It's something I honestly don't like talking about it. So I'm kind of being uncomfortable even bringing it up because people tell me I should all the time. And I think should is such a destructive word. Uh, But like Chris Smith on that Facebook live last week was talking about shooting yourself. Like you, you should do this and should do that. This is a family podcast, but I don't think that's a a bad word, but like shooting, you should do all these things. Right. And uh, so people say you should pick a niche. The riches are in the niches, all that stuff. I have been hesitant to, and so my, what I tell myself so I can sleep better at night is I have niched my services. I only do Facebook ads. I only do funnel marketing. So I've got two niches. And honestly, my main revenue of a pie chart of how I make money is from Facebook ads. It's much more nuanced. It's harder for me to outsource. I do all my advertising myself for myself and for clients, but I do have a person who helps with the funnel side. So I'm like, I am niched. I don't do 95 things. I do two things and one of them more than the other. But you really have gotten very niched. And every time I bring up your name or I you know, see you out in the, in the internet world, it's like this is the guy to go to for real estate advertising, which seems to really have served you. And the people that I see that grow so fast and they grow help a ton of people, they can charge whatever they want, are people like you that have done that. They've committed to a certain group of people to get a certain result. So is that where you started? Like, how'd you come to the decision to only do real estate other than you were a real estate agent and, and that was what you knew? That was kind of it is like, I kind of fell backwards into it. At the beginning, it wasn't like a conscious decision. It was just like, literally I was an agent and then Remax put me up on stage as an expert and was like, listen to him. He knows what he's talking about. He's here to help grow your business. Um, so when Remax is parade, like the biggest brand is parading you around as an expert, and then one day I went from we're doing that to, hey, you can hire me to do everything I was just talking about. Yeah. It was a no brainer to get clients. And it just kind of went from there. Like I don't really cold call or anything like that for my business now. Now it's all leads coming in. Like, it's funny, like say like right now, like you went, found a client, referred him to me. It's just like, oh, hey, this guy does real estate. Like you went, and not as like the agency owner who knows anything about me other than, oh, that's a guy. Like I had a friend who referred me a buddy who was an agent. I actually don't like those referrals because they don't already know me, know my expertise and see that side of it. Like I want referrals who like, they've been in my Facebook group watching me for years because I don't have to sell. I'm actually terrible at sales. Um, I'm not good at closing. Um, So for me just to like give them all my expertise, show them what I can do. And it's hard to do that if you don't know the niche really well. Like I know real estate better than a lot of the agents that are out there. Like the organized real estate world is such a like a unique beast that no one really understands outside of the industry, like what's going on. And I'm in it. So like I can talk their language more than even some of them even know. Like I break industry news for some of the people. <laughs> and I'm technically not even like I am technically I'm an agent, but I'm not selling. So yeah. it's a funny thing how that's worked out. But I basically backed into it and now like I am deeply involved in every aspect. Like I do consulting with like major real estate organizations. Um, like the national association of realtors, I was in their office in Chicago, 1.2 million members and I'm in their head office doing consulting for another organization that was doing stuff with them. And that's separate from the agency just because they see me in the industry and want me to be involved. Um, so I found like by niching down this much that people just come to me as much as I want. Yeah. That seems to really serve you before we hit record. We talked about possibly you niching or like, I don't know what that's called, niching up instead of niching down. <laughs> Broadening uh, my base. <laughs> yeah, so why is that a temptation? Like to me, it seems like from the outside, it seems like that wouldn't be the right move. You're in your so, thing. And this is, it's a, it's a funny thing where 
you go to like any networking event I go to for like guys like us, agency owners, things like that. And I tell people my niche who have experience with agents, they're like, Oh, you work with agents. It's like, I, we actually have a company policy to refuse to work with them. Um, cause they're notoriously difficult, um, cheap stuff like that. Um, like it's a hard niche to work if you don't know the people well. Um, so like I've niched down to a point where it's like, it's not just agents, like it's agents making between 250,000 to a million a year. Like I have a very specific, even within the niche, like a sub niche that I go after. Um, and I want like solo agents or an agent who has like maybe an admin and maybe a buyer rep on their team. Like I don't want massive teams. I rather work with like those three to five people kind of teams because that's where we find like that's where we have success. But like when you start going outside of that, it's really taxing. Um, so and I, we have a few non so like from our real estate agents because most agents are so well connected. We get a lot of referrals for other industries. And normally our non real estate clients are so easy. <laughs> like they're, they're not a lot of work. Like, I mean, relatively, I mean, as long as we're getting results, it's not a lot, but like we have a trucking company randomly that we help them find drivers. It's so easy. <laughs> like, it's just like this super easy niche to work with them. Um, so there's always that kind of internal debate we have of, do we want to start going after kind of like quote unquote easier, less time intensive clients? But at the same time, the way that I do it, where like I joined the industry and I'm so involved in it, um, to put that much effort into maybe another industry or to go generally, I feel like I don't know that it's worth the effort compared to how just like double down on real estate. Yeah, I think uh, the, the guy I talked to recently, he he uh, he just works with dentists and he's got a very comfortable business. He said he makes about a million dollars a year and he works 12 hours a week. And whether that's true or not is, I don't doubt that it's true. The way he's gotten so specific, he helps not even dentists, he helps dentists that do a certain type of procedure that's very, very, very high ticket. And he yeah. works with as many as he wants, which sounds like it's you know a handful. It's a half a dozen to a dozen clients. And he makes a great living and that's, that's all he does. He doesn't have to worry about, sometimes my worst weeks are when I'll sit down to write ads and I'm like, I have to write an ad for a beauty company and an ad for a facial mask and an ad for a service business and then an ad for a women's fitness company and then an ad for a vitamin and then an ad for myself about a book. You know, it's like, why am I doing this? So in that, in those moments, I'm like, yeah, I should for sure have niched down because these are, these are totally different, you know understanding persuasion, like understanding how to advertise or when you get the frameworks, which I'm a big framework guy and I have those. And so I insert them like you and I use a lot of the same frameworks. We learned a lot of them from Nicholas Kuzmich and similar people like that, that you can apply their business to that framework and still get a, like a predictable result for ad copy or persuasion that typically works, but sometimes it doesn't. And so it's a, uh, it's a little tempting. So what we're talking about here is on your agency side, right? You want to work with specific uh, people are, are there, what other ways do you help people outside of the agency? Do you have courses, videos? Membership? We have a course. Um, I like, I would like the idea of courses. Um, and so I built one. I, I think it's a great course. Obviously I'm pretty biased there, but at the end of the day, it's a course. People don't really do them. Um, so we are switching to a membership model. So we're going to launch. So it'll be in January. So like I have my regular Facebook group free one where we offer a lot of advice called the wheelhouse. So in January, when is, I don't know if this will air before then, um, January, 2019, uh, we're going to launch the wheelhouse elite, which will be a paid membership group. One of the like upsells to pay for the year up front, we'll just give you the course for free. Mm -hmm. Um, but that'll be more like we're actually hands-on support and help people. 
because like no one's like I can see completion rates. Like I know how many people are actually watching the videos and I think I'd rather just do the group and be more hands-on. It's like, it's one thing to like make money, but then no one's actually doing it. I'd rather make money and be involved and actually have an active community that we're working with. And I think kind of the paid membership model is a more effective way than the course. And then we also make money with like seminars, course, like in-person hands-on workshops, and then speaking is becoming bigger and bigger, collecting speaking fees and going to events and then picking up clients as I speak at those events too. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that. That's a great segue. Tell me about that. Is that something you've always done from a public speaking perspective? I think you and I first chatted. Uh, I used to do that. I used to have a company or worked at a company that, that did that. How did you get into speaking? Uh, so I was actually funny when I was growing up, I was actually that kid who took a zero on every assignment if there was speaking involved. Like I'd sit in the back of classic call and I'm like, I'll just take the zero. I don't want to go up. Like I like that. I think it was Lincoln. It was like the, it's better to keep your mouth shut and appear stupid than to remove your mouth than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. And I was like, that's me. Yep. I'm just going to, even if they think I'm dumb, sit in the back. And then it just kind of like, I started doing it. And then when I got on as an agent, people kept asking me to like do them in house. And like, it just kind of like grew from there. And then when I was a trainer for Remax, I mean, they're throwing me on stage and I had to do it. And I just kind of got more and more comfortable. And then it just kind of went, so like I probably done hundreds of talks before I ever got paid. Um, and then people start offering to pay and then pay more and more and more. And then like, but that's the toughest part is the pay side of it is like, what do you charge for like yeah. an hour talk? Like right. I think now like we're, 2019 we're gonna up it to 5k per talk um but like it's such an arbitrary here's a number let's see what happens because like the first time i charged i think it was i charged 500 bucks and they did it right away and another one i charged them like i charged 1500 and there's like yep here it is and i charged 2500 and no like no blinking no hesitation just here's 2500 for three events like i they paid 2500 for each one i was like wait feel like I didn't ask for enough if they were that quick. Um, but so when you speak like that though, can you make any money beyond that? Can you sell a course or membership site or what's the, or what um, no. right you, as a speaker? So because I'm speaking in my industry too, like there's a big thing where they don't want you selling on stage at any of the events at all. Um, but generally what I found, so I do two things, one or a couple things. So one, I run Facebook ads to the venue that I'm speaking at. So, cause you can go down, like basically I type in the address one mile radius and then further target down to agents in that radius. So it's like, you know, you get 500 people total in your audience. It's, you know, I'll spend 10 bucks and reach them all. Um, and then we'll have a bit of an upsell there. Then we'll do, I have a listing template. So how to write the perfect ad for a listing for sale. Um, we have a template we give away at the end of the event where it's like text this number to this to get it, which kicks off a bit of a sales sequence. Um, and then just throughout the presentation, I'll just kind of pepper in like, you know, check out this ad we did for a client. So I'm kind of like putting that little thing in their head. They're like, yes, you can actually hire me to do it for you without saying it. And then just prove my expertise and they come up to me after. Um, but there's no like direct selling. And then a lot of times if I do Q and A, I always get that question of, can we just hire you to do it for us? And I'll just be like, yeah, yeah. Come find me after. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. So uh, let's talk about lead generation. Um, when it comes to real estate agents, I, I've, let's, let me be transparent here. It's more fun. I've had, I don't know, three real estate agents. They know I'm in marketing. They know I'm in advertising. They reach out, we have coffee. They're like, what do you, you know, what do you think? And in my head, I'm like, uh, let's create some cool content that would serve the market you want to serve. Could be a 
PDF or a buyer's guide or what you need to know about Colorado Springs or when you're moving to the area, here's where to go and here's how to get your car registered. Like my parents are about to move to Colorado Springs. And so I'm very aware of all their pain points. My dad's like, he texts me all the time. Who do you use for blah, blah, blah. Like everything from pizza to health insurance to how do I get my vehicle inspected up to Colorado specifications because he's moving in from out of state. There's all these things, right? Yeah. When I moved to Colorado, I, I, I didn't know anything about Colorado. I remember asking my realtor, I was like, what's it like there? Is it sunny? Is it, is there a lot of criminals? Like, what's it <laughs> like, you know? He's like, no, no, it's good. You'll love it, you know? But if he had a buyer's guide, if I'd stumbled on some kind of buyer's guide, I, I would have loved that because I'm a data guy. In fact, I don't remember what service it was because it was 2004. So whatever was around 2004, some Microsoft website, Yahoo, something that you could look at all the demographics, like the demographics of the whole city. Then that's how I found out it was sunny there, the number of days of sunshine. You could check out violent crime reports and different zip codes. And I was, I'm such an analytic like engineer nerd. I just went all over the place of like, well, what is this city like? So as great, if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, Cody, that's a really, really good idea. Well, the three realtors I pitched that to thought that didn't make any sense and that didn't work. So that's as far as I've ever let my imagination get when it, when it comes to what I would do if I was a realtor or I used to be in real estate or I used to be in lending and uh, home mortgages. But anybody with a service business can benefit from whatever knowledge bomb you are about to drop. So what have you found to be really effective when it comes to getting leads for real estate that might even work for any kind of service business? So one, what you just said is actually, if I went back to sales, exactly what I would do. Well, um, what the heck, man? Like nobody <laughs> liked that idea. I mean, they liked it, but they didn't. So, uh, it works. Like, so like there's a team in Toronto called the Brell team. Um, that's basically what they do. Like they're one of their most successful lead magnets is the guide to buying a home in Toronto. If you're not Canadian, hmm. it's insane. Like, and they kill it. So the problem is, is like one, the average age in real estate is like 58. So it's like, it's a pretty old school industry. Um, there's still a lot of people who cling to that idea that the realtor's value is like the information, like the sold prices and stuff like that, which is just stupid. Um, so it's really about like the value and expertise and insight you can give and giving it out. It's like, there's that side of the content marketing and then there's like the direct response is kind of like two of my favorite ones. So like we help clients more on the direct response side only because it's hard to rely on agents. If you work with them to under, like you'll understand pretty quick to rely on them to provide you any content is going to be right. pretty hard. Um, but yeah, I would go back that route of content, content, content like that. SEO the hell out of it and then promote it on Facebook. Um, yep. that's basically what I did when I sold, like, like what I was mentioned three to five times a week, like every, like I profiled every single school in our town. Like I went in depth, like everything about them. Here's the principal. Like I started organizing like interviews with principals, just to, like talk to them about the school. Hmm. And I was doing all of that. And those were huge things for me. And just like at the bottom of the post, be like, do you want to search for homes in this school district? Click here and do things like that. And then you retarget those reading that with ads about homes in the school district. That stuff works really well. Just most agents are never going to make that content. So we switch to the direct response marketing where we look at what type of offers can we give them? So the most popular in real estate is like a home evaluation. Um, but one, they're overused. And two, you get a lot of people with no intention of ever selling. So you get a lot of people who are like, I just bought this house, curious if I actually paid the right amount. Um, I have to, I got a tax assessed at a certain rate. I want to see, I think I, they, the town assessed me at too high of a value. So I want to check. And then third is just like, I was just curious. I saw this. I was wondering what my house was worth. Those are terrible leads. Yeah. So like we switched, for example, to a guide on how to prepare your home for sale. I mean, there's different languaging, how we present it, things like that. But 
if you're downloading a guide on how to prepare your house for sale, you're thinking about moving. Right. So it becomes a higher quality lead that comes through. And we do the same for like buyers. We like a guide to financing the purchase of your home. And those work really well. And then sometimes we niche them down really far. But at the end of the day, we're just giving good information in exchange for their contact information. And then the client picks the phone and calls them and learns about their situation then obviously tries to close them. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so I was on the right track. I feel pretty good as a marketer and advertiser as I was thinking what kind of pain points would, would I have? And I, I've done the same thing. When we, We've lived in this house for far too long. We bought it in 06 and then the market happened in 08 and we took a huge hit on equity and we still haven't just still haven't sold. Love it. L luckily we're stuck in a nice home and a cul-de-sac and a great place to raise our kids. But uh, I'll see people I haven't seen for a while at church or the gym. They're like, hey, where are you at? I'm like, well, I'm still in the house I've been in for 12 years, which is longer than a lot of people that okay. move into houses. Yeah, it's every five to seven people move. Yeah. Well, not me. I'm stuck. Uh, <laughs> and now I'm an entrepreneur and the government's like, hey, it looks like you don't make any money, right? And so I can't. I can't yeah, I just, but I did that move and it got, the first bank actually denied lending to me. I'm like, you see how much money is coming through my business account, which you also have. Right. I'm like, just because I pay myself just a little bit. <laughs> right. So you see how much I actually make. Yeah, yeah the joys of uh, yeah. the joys of being an entrepreneur. So, uh, but we I have asked my realtor. I've only I've the same guy that sold me this house, my first house in '04, my second house in '06. He sold my rental property uh, last year. He's my dude. His name's Dan. Yeah. Shout out Dan if you're on the listen to the show. Uh, I asked him because we were getting ready to sell, and I was like, Hey, I don't, I don't on this house and we're, we're not quite there yet, but I did ask him all those things. Like I want to sell, I don't want to spend a hundred grand on reno or on renovations. Like what would come over, take a look. I've got three boys. And he came over and was like, yeah, it looks like you have three boys because all the baseboards are destroyed. The floor is destroyed. The, the doors are all destroyed. Like everything's yeah. just hot wheels and remote control cars and soccer balls and everything has, has uh, taken its toll which is, I mean, I love them. They're worth it. We're missing a baluster on one of our, uh, he's like, so you'd want to fix that, for example, like replace the baluster that you're missing on your staircase. And it's like, yeah, yeah, of course. But I would love a piece of content like that. And for anybody listening, like that's further down the, whatever, like the awareness funnel. It's not yeah. like, you know, hey, are cul-de-sacs nice as a piece of content? That's, that's a stupid piece of content. But yeah. further down the intent of like, I'm ready to sell. Like, what do I actually need to do to sell? How do I prepare my home to, to move? Or how do I find a moving company? Like, those, you're not just curious about moving companies. Those would be a further down the funnel there. Yeah, and moving companies you've already normally bought or sold. And then you look at moving companies. So that's too right. far down. Right. So you kind of find that, what's that pain point before they actually reach out to an agent? And one of them is, like, that biggest one, like, we've done surveys with homeowners. And, like, the biggest one was the, like, that stressed them out was, I don't know how to get my house ready for sale. So we do that. The other good one we also have is three things you can do today to get more money for your home. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the type of thing that seems to be working really well on the selling side of it. Um, and then the other way, like, cause like selling leads are the hardest ones to get in real estate. So sometimes what we'll do is we'll do buyer leads to get sellers. So we'll just market homes that are at a price point where you would have to sell your current home to get it. So it's not the type of home a first time buyer will get and you pick up sellers that way too. Oh, that's really smart. There's a lot of wisdom packed in that little throwaway statement you threw in there. That's, that's getting my brain fired up. That's interesting. Um, what about, I've seen in real estate, people will put like, hey, you like this house? Want to know what it's worth? Click here to opt in. I'll tell you. And I've, when I've coached those people, I'm like, hey, you know, that's like public domain. Like I can find out. You put the address in your opt-in page. I don't need to opt in to look at the pictures. It's on Zillow yeah, or whatever you know, text that's out there. 
uh, is that a viable strategy to get people that, that to build a list or is that such a low intent, low quality lead that something like that wouldn't be worth it? It's a crap lead, but people make very, very good business on those. Um, like to me, like it's a step above cold calling. Like it's a lukewarm call. Not even, it's like, I don't even know what you call it a room temperature call or something, but it's like, you don't get them. Like the average industry rate for lead conversions, like 1% of all online leads. And it's because of stuff like that. Like one of the most popular lead gen methods in the entire industry is you force register people on your site to look at any properties. Like, Hey, here's a property. You go to the website, you check it out. And it's like, you have to give me your name, email and phone number and time frame for moving to even look at the address and the photos. Yeah. And, or even like, you'll know the address looking at the photos, but then you could just like, it's on the U S like just pop over to Zillow, type in the address, you got it. And yet so many people will opt in on that. Like we do the same with listings on with a Facebook lead ad. We'll put a little bit of information about a listing, entice them and then be like, you want to find out the price and get more photos, click here. Lead ad pops up, they click submit, they get redirected to a page on the website with more information about the listing. And we average one to $5 a lead. Like it's super cheap to get as many leads as you want that way. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, one to 2% conversion rates, the average on that type of lead. Yeah. One of my clients, he had, he had me on retainer, which I don't offer anymore just to kind of do everything. Uh, and that's why I don't do it anymore. But he's, he was selling his house. He had a beautiful home, a, a very a multi-million dollar home. And he's like, Hey, since you're on retainer, I need you to also try to sell this house. <laughs> I'm just remembering this now. I was yeah. like, okay, fine. Like send me the most beautiful, he had beautiful pictures of this beautiful, like breathtaking home. And so we targeted executives uh, in, in the city where he lived. Uh, there's several big companies that would have people that could afford a home like that and people moving to the area that had similar uh, demographics. And I was just doing a traffic campaign to get people to click on the, I think I just did like a bitly link to their, yeah. whatever their realtors, their realtor was probably grateful. Like, why is all this spike in traffic now? Well, because he had an advertiser on retainer that was just sending lots of people yeah. to the site. Um, he didn't sell the house <laughs> um, and not because I mean, I don't take blame here. Come on. It's a $3 million house. But so uh, here's the secret that I, I do actually say to agents, anything you or I do for the house is borderline irrelevant to sell that house. Yeah. It's 90% is just the price of the home. Like they're not going to buy that overpriced house off a of Facebook ad. Right. And most of the time the buyers aren't like all my stuff, even advertising properties is not to sell that house. It's to get them the client for the next house hmm. because the price is what's determining if someone's going to buy it. Like the best copy in the world is not going to convince someone to upright up like root their entire life to a house they didn't actually want before. Yeah. Like you might get in front of the right person at the right time accidentally sometimes. Um, but like most of the time that ad is not the one that's going to sell that house. Like it does happen. Sometimes we've sold houses directly off Facebook ads for sure. But our intent is to get clients to either list their next home or just get their name in who are interested in that home and sell them a different one. Got it. So just to restate that, uh, so Dan, my buddy, is if he has a listing, he's driving traffic to it. I, Cody, go click on the ad. Uh, it's not the house for me, but somehow that gets me into Dan's world now. And he can either retarget me yeah. with a different kind of ad or like, hey, I noticed you clicked on an ad. Are you interested in moving anytime soon. Here's a mover's guide or a buyer's guide or a seller's guide or whatever. If, if that, is that kind of what you're talking about that way? Yeah. Like normally if they opt in on houses, we try to get them more houses. So like it's actually a Dean Jackson thing. And like one of our clients does it emails his database five days a week, which everyone's like, that's insane. Yeah. But every day he comes into his office, he pulls up the MLS, which is the back end for agents where they see all the houses. 
And he'll just scroll through and be like, hey, in the last 24 hours, there's 10 new listings up for sale. These three are the best deals and here's why. Emails that out to his database. Wow. Every day, five days a week. He's been doing that for like 12 years. Um, How's that going for him? I would assume well. There. He does, so he does about 100, 150 transactions a year. Wow. Um, and in his market, the average price between six, 700,000. So they're two and a half percent commission. Yeah. Um, 600,000 times 100, 150, roughly speaking, that's what he's grossing. Yeah, yeah. That's not net, but it's gross. Is that 75 million? Am I missing some zeros? Am I missing some zeros? Yeah, it might be, it's not 75 million. I don't know. Well, and yeah, it'd be, he'd probably do somewhere between like one and a half, two million gross commission. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, not bad for sending an email and for paying attention. They're not even his listings, right? He's just giving them content. Yeah, just exactly. Like was, had an opinion about it and shot it out to his list. Yeah, and that's the big difference. Because like any, like almost every single MLS system in the world, like you can sign up for it. Like you can go to five different agents. They will all sign you up for this thing that emails you a new home every day. Yeah. But it's the same system that every agent in your marketplace would have because you're all signed up for the same thing. Like you don't even have a choice. You join the board, you're signed up on the service. Like I remember the reason it clicked for me when I was selling is I offered that to someone in an open house and he pulled up his phone and he had five other agents with the same service already sending him listings. I'm like, well, nothing's different there. Like we're all the same. Yeah. What can I do that's different? So we started figuring out ways to differentiate from what everyone else was doing. And that was and like things just offering your insight on top of here's just the house, but offering your insight on it is huge. Yeah. I'm taking notes that I'm going to put in the show notes. That's really good. We've covered a lot of stuff here that I think really anybody can use if you're in real estate or not. I love talking to different and it's so tempting for me to want to hack. I hate that word too, but like hack other people's funnels and their sales process to see what they're doing in the world. And so you've given me some good nuggets. Anybody listening, the last thing you just said is like, well, if everybody's doing the same thing, how can we stand out? You've said it a couple times that insight is better than information. So everybody's got access to the info. We can all pull up Zillow and take a look, but knowing that, and I've done the same, we were looking, we're looking at building a home, for our next home so our realtor now every now and then sends me lots but i look at the lot and i'm like well where is it and is that even good is there are there trees are there not trees is it oh it looks like there was recently a forest fire okay is that going to be an issue like i'm craving the insight and the opinion where i'd rather not get the auto email but rather get like hey like this is the one and i know you're talking about a broadcast not a one-to-one hand-to-hand combat but even then saying hey if and you can also set segment your list if you know you have clients looking for lots do the same thing like once a week, send a lot roundup on Friday of the new stuff that hit the market and then why you think they're interesting. That's true for whatever market you're in. Replace a lot with whatever your widget is and have an, in, have an opinion about it and be different and serve your people. That's great. Yeah. I think Dean Jackson worded it really well with me and was one that we've kind of really taken to heart. Like you look at most real estate ad, ads, it's like a photo of the agent and then saying I'm number one in my office or there's a bunch of asterisks like I'm number one for people named Andrew who sold detached homes in this part of town for three hour period this three years ago. Right. Um, but that's about you. And if you ask agents like what do buyers want and they'll, or what do sellers want? They're like, they want timely communication. They want quick response. They want good marketing. They want a list. That's no, that's not what they want. They want a house. That's it. Give them a house. So like a list of homes for sale, it's so basic, but it gets a lot of leads because people want homes for sale. Like if you're a really busy agent in areas, be like get advanced notice of homes before they hit the market, especially in hot markets, you're going to get a flood of people who want that. Yep. Send out free emails every time a new, like the day before a new listing comes out, be like, and 
keep it simple. So like, Hey, we got a new listing coming out in this part of town, four bedrooms attached. Do you want more information about it? Yeah. Send out your list. Kill it that way. And then with Dean, who I've referenced, oh, I don't know, a thousand times on my podcast, uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't put the link to that. He, you would just, the call to action would be to start the conversation and say, hey, if you're interested, let me know. Just reply and say, hey, yeah, yeah, sure. Right? That's the yeah, goal. Exactly. Like you, it's all about conversations. Like in real yeah. estate, because it's, it's like you're not buying a million dollar home off a of Facebook ad giving your credit card. Like you're going to meet them in person. Right. So everything you do has to funnel towards an in-person meeting. So a lot of that is, and to get an in-person meeting, you have to start a conversation. Cause like, for instance, like Kuzmich, you're like, I'm in the council. Like I was giving him thousands of dollars and he had never had a conversation with me in his life. He didn't even know who my, what my name was. Yeah. That doesn't happen in real estate. Like you meet people, you have to get face to face with them. And like there's the odd house that sells like an overseas buyer who will never see the house, but you know what? You're still gotta meet their agent face to face. That agent's gonna come through and look at the property. There's very few instances, and there are some of like essentially like trading floors for real estate. Like I know one in Florida where he just buys any property that comes up in a neighborhood under a certain price because he knows what he needs to do to fix them up at worst case. And then he just rents them out and flips when the market comes back up. But that's such a rare niche. Like you have to meet people in person. So we want as many conversations as we can get. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Andrew, I really wanted to say thank you for being on the show today. You gave us great nuggets about real estate, about everything, anything beyond real estate. Uh, where can people go to find out more about you if they want to follow your journey, uh, learn more about real estate, uh, advertising, things like that? Uh, if you're in real estate and you're looking at like kind of getting involved in that stuff, our website, justsellhomes.com. We have a Facebook group called The Wheelhouse. You can certainly just add me as a friend on Facebook. I'm pretty open with anyone kind of who wants to follow. Um, but yeah, Add me on Facebook, justsellhomes.com or the Wheelhouse Facebook group, and you can see what we're doing and get involved. Awesome. Thanks, man. I'm not in real estate, and I've really enjoyed all of our conversations we've had over Facebook Messenger and in uh, person and stuff as well. We've met a, several times, and uh, great person, great advertiser, super smart dude, and all around great guy. So thanks again for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, and next time we're in person, we're going to do my show for a pint of beer. Yes. All right. Looking forward to it, man. Thanks. <laughs> Sounds good. Have a good one.